Let me look at my waveform. All right, I think we're good. Check out my waveform, everybody. And for the people who don't know, that was Steve Gaynor. Hi, Steve. That's how we're opening. <laughs> Steve Gaynor is joining us today hey, how's it going? on the dialog box. How do you like my waveform? Hey, everybody. Good to be here. Is it a sweet waveform? Does it look good? Is it, you know, is it... I mean, I'm going to be looking at it when I'm editing it, but from right. your perspective now, good waveform? Solid? No, it's, 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 it's nice. Yeah? Yeah. Is it good? You're going to like it. You're going to like it when you see it. So, Steve, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. How about you guys? Good, man. Pretty good. Good. This is good. great. We're asking the hard-hitting questions today. Yeah. Hey, Steve, what's up, man? <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling good. The weather here is nice. We can talk about that all you want. No. Uh, Sunny Portland. <laughs> uh, rainy Portland has become fall. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I shipped a game, and now it's been like a month and a half or more since the game came out, so I'm kind of getting out of the... Uh, splash damage zone of just like the mental fry from getting the game out of the door and you know dealing with the launch and post-launch support and all that kind of stuff so yeah yeah you can finally breathe again a little bit yeah for, uh. for people who don't know like what's so I, when after a game launches there's just such a frenzy right yeah. like there's just so many things that come up mm. things that you don't expect bugs and things like for sure are you shocked by anything or yeah i mean we, uh, I mean, the nice thing is we have, a, you know, single player um, story based game It's short, you know, there's not like branching paths or a lot of like really um, emergent systems or anything. So we haven't encountered like crazy unexpected bugs in terms of like, you know, oh, this thing happens, you know, that, that we couldn't have predicted when people were playing. We did have a pretty bad Xbox bug when we launched where uh, some users were not able to, like, get past the, like, press A to start screen because of this API issue that we hadn't seen until the game went live. And so, yeah, that was our big frenzy was, like, oh, now that there's, like, thousands of people playing this, some number of them are getting this like obscure bug that now we have to fix like in real time and actually figure out what the bug is and how to fix it and then get it through certain all that kind of stuff. So like that was kind of, you know, that, that's one of those, that's one of those stressful times that you don't want to have where you're like, Oh, a bad bug is happening to a bunch of people. And we didn't even know about it until it was actually like people already paid for it and stuff. So um, we were scrambling to fix that, but we got that locked down and uh, yeah, I've just been, you know, preparing our first like real patch with just kind of nice to have content fixes and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, other maintenance kind of stuff and planning for the future, you know, but having a little space to, to breathe, like you were saying, is nice when you're when you're at that point. And like, what should we actually, what should the next X number of months look like, you know, being able to actually think with your brain. <laughs> it's useful. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But you were around, uh, I know you were at PAX and stuff, just showing off the game, and you are in that, that post-ship frenzy when you are like, trying to grab press and stuff and yeah. get attention. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot shipping a game, man. I know. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, because this is, Tacoma is the second game that we've shipped as an independent studio, and, like, first game was a lot more low-key in terms of, you know, Gone Home was just the four of us, and, like, the three of us were just, like making the game in our basement and then we released it on steam and we were like, hope people like it. Um, and so like releasing simultaneous on console and having more 
like visibility and expectations and stuff uh, and a larger team and so on and so forth. It's like a very different experience. Um, and yeah, I think the shipping Tacoma was a lot more stressful um, just because there are so many more factors involved, um, you know, but, uh, but we're through it and I'm glad that we could do something that like required that larger scope to be able to do. You know what I mean? Like there's certain stuff that you can't do with four people and there's a lot that you can, but you know, we brought a team together to be able to do something that I think justified the longer, the, the larger team and the longer development time. Cause we were yeah. just doing some stuff we couldn't have done otherwise. Absolutely. How many people wound up on at Fulbright? Uh, eight people full-time um, and a couple of full-time contractors for like the last few months for like animation and environment art. Just to wrap it up? Cool. Yeah. And also um, yeah. Patrick, uh, Patrick Walther, um, who you know, uh, oh, yeah. was our sound designer. So he was like f- some weeks full-time, some weeks part-time uh, sound design contracting for a bunch of months as well. But yeah, um, Patrick Balthrop was the audio director on Bioshock Infinite and did the sound for Flame and Flood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. He's a I love working with him. He's, he's just sweetie. He's a beautiful person. Just to like, <laughs> just his presence on the team is so positive and good. And also, he was one of the sound designers on the original Bioshock and on the other projects that I've mentioned. So he's like an amazingly talented uh, sound designer, and he does all like. He's an artisanal sound designer. Like he doesn't just use like a lot of like pre-recorded sound libraries. He's like, okay, I'm going out to this field to record this like old, like rusted out farm equipment I saw off the side of the road. So, you know, collecting some of those sounds, like all of his stuff is like, he records his own stuff and kind of has these inspirations to like go record stuff and incorporate it into what he's working on. It's really cool. Oh, dude, he like, he went out and had like a, his friend that's a zoologist or something record actual ravens for uh, wow. the birds in our game. That's like, awesome. He, he goes above and beyond. I love him. He's also booked forever. Yeah. Like I think he's, he's impossible to get. That yeah. was a hard get, Steve Gaynor. I don't know how you uh, locked down some of his time. I mean, it's just like having, you know, some, having, having friends in the industry having talented friends in the industry is really valuable. You know, it's like I yeah. sometimes, you know, when you're, when you're in a, a position like Patrick's, you know, like you were saying, he's, he has so much, he has so much time booked that I think he has the luxury of being able to say like, I just want to work with my friends on this project. So I'm going to make time for that. And then, you know, work it in with everything yeah. else. And he also, he runs a studio where I think he has a few other people that work with him so he can kind of like distribute the, the work um though i will say that he he individually did all the sound stuff for tacoma which was like we were really honored by so um anyway that's yeah. awesome <laughs> yeah there's a there's a lot of people that left uh uh rational and the bioshock franchise and went off to make so many amazing companies yeah so many companies have spun up out of it yeah. you're too i mean yeah. two companies are on this podcast right now yeah right? <laughs> it's uh it's crazy Irrational is definitely a kingmaker. Yeah. Well, a lot of people contributing to a lot of games like Patrick and like people just, you know, splitting off to work on other big projects and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was a, I was only there for a year, but it was like a really, really cool place to be able to kind of spend time with that group that got brought together for, for those games for sure. Yeah, man. Oh, that's me now. I, was, I don't know. I was just like, you just stopped. And I was, I was like, like, oh, Christ. Uh, I didn't know where to go with that thread. I, hey, not a problem. I can step in as a professional host 
podcaster and all-round <laughs> great guy. Hi, Steve. How hey. you doing? Good. I feel like I'm in good hands with a professional. Yeah, it's a, it's a pro dealing with you right here now, so don't worry about a single thing. So, uh, Tacoma, I think, yeah. I mean, is how... What's going on now? Like, what's going on at the moment with you guys? Or with you, personally, yeah. I should say, as you're the one I have here. That makes sense. <laughs> See? Professional. Uh, this is how we yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just ramble um, until eventually a question forms itself, and then you go, And yeah, then it that. turns into repartee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, what, what's going on with you at the moment, man? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, the, the nice thing is a good number of people in the studio are kind of like, being able to take the opportunity to take some time off. It's not like a full studio, you know, just like everybody, you know, get the fuck out for a while, but you know, people here and there like taking a week or taking some time or whatever. I'm at a point where, you know, I'm kind of managing things as they come. So it's like a lot of kind of like, well, I guess I don't need to do anything this afternoon. So I'll take some time for myself. Cause like, I don't know, decompressing after a three year development cycle where it's like, you, know, you need that time off. Yeah. You can't just rush into something else. Yeah. Just, especially different people feel differently after a project ships, but you always get that no matter how the game goes, you always feel really down. Yeah. Because like your life had this singular focus right. for a really long time. Yeah. And now that focus is done and it's over. And no matter what, like the game could do well, it could do shit. It doesn't matter. Either way, that singular focus is gone. Yeah. So no matter what, you've always got that period where you're like, oh, what? did I do before I was working on these? What were my hobbies again? Right, yeah. <laughs> or are you, like, immediately drilled down into some other, like, random projects? Right. And you lose your mind. I don't know. I've never... Every time I've ever ended a project, I've lost my mind for, like, a little period of time, right? <laughs> yeah. And I needed, like, a crazy long month vacation right. or so just to, to get my head back on, right? Yeah. Did, did you ship Infinite? You did, right? Yeah. Yeah. I did the Infinite... Um, I was there... Through ship and I was there for the DLC. Uh, okay, what stuff did you? I mean, I'm, I'm, whatever. I'm, I'm on this podcast. I'm going to talk to you about whatever I feel yeah, like. Okay. What stuff did Let's you do, do on Infinite? Like, what were you personally responsible for or most involved with? Uh, so I did a lot of the tech animation. So I did things like um, working with Liz's uh, skirt and her cloth. Oh, cool! All the all the cloth on on her. I did um, the animation blending for all the systemic stuff. So oh, okay. my specialty was. Um, tech animation specifically animation blending trees okay so i uh, there's a lot a lot of animation isn't what you think of in the dcc app where you're where you're just laying down keys and animating right. a lot of it's actually in engine blending the animations together and a lot of stuff is procedural like right. all of liz's blinking was procedural for instance right, right. or um things like that also i was in charge of all of the background characters in the game oh, which wow. was a mate this was amazing for i uh, uh specifically to work at a large company like 2k yeah because what you get is i could they would come to me and they'd be like all right you got this this scene it's a beach what's on the and they'd be like yeah. some people would have some ideas like maybe there's some kids playing but and i would sit down and be like all right there's gonna be two kids and they're gonna be shoveling sand i need these i need a paired animation of two kids shoveling sand i would just write down what i want yeah and i would uh send it over to china where they would mocap or they would usually mocap it in Novato right. and then clean it up in China. And the sun never set. Like <laughs> you would you would send out these requests, you would get them back like 24, 48 hours later. Yeah. Uh cleaned up mocap, and then I would put them in the game and I'd script the characters to like when do they head track you, when do they eye track you, right. when do they blend from animation to animation and all the loops and all the everything that happened for all the background characters. Yeah. 
Was the head track and eye track like uh, based on like ranges and radii, or was it like trigger volumes and shit? This is what you guys want to talk about on a podcast, right? I don't. Like I, I don't said, know what any of this care. means. So. I want to talk about trigger <laughs> volumes. I want, to, I want to talk about view traces. I'm here for it. <laughs> Just sit there. And I was like, mm-hmm. I couldn't get over the idea that there's a Gwen Frey in like one part of the world, Boston, being like, we're gonna need the, we're gonna need these kids. They're gonna be on a beach. They're gonna be looking at sand. Get it to China. They're gonna do it now. And like. <laughs> Like, that's a weird life, isn't it? Like, that you're like, there's some people in China that you're like, make those kids look like they're playing with sand. I'll see you in the morning. (laughs) I gotta say, I miss Irrational. Like, there was a, that was, it was the most indie studio, like, we had all of, we were a very small art team, but we had the resources of 2K and Take-Two. Like, we could uh, do things like, I need an animation of uh, people begging, which was, I, I can't show this, but. Every now and then you'd get, um, you'd send out a request. Like, I need pe- animations of people begging. Yeah. If you're not very specific or even right. in the video, you'll get something that looks very not American. Oh, yeah, for like, sure. Like, not an American person begging, but yeah. very, like... I was going to say, is there a difference between an American person begging and, like, would I do it different, like, here in the UK? Like, what what, what are they... Yeah, you, you, you would say, please, sir, may I have some supper? I would, I would. <laughs> and you would, t- uh... you would tip your little bowler cap or, like... <laughs> I would. Put it out for the, yeah. uh, me and the Artful Dodger would then go out. We'd have a great <laughs> night. It'd be a right laugh. But I don't know what they do in America. They'd probably pull out a six shooter and just start, <laughs> just start firing and be like, take that. And everyone in the rest of the world would be like, well, Cowboy's even real. No one really knows. I've never really seen one except pretend ones. So that that may be a thing. I don't know. What were those differences? I, I, I sort of want to know now. Oh God! Well, there was a usually beggars don't have guns. Uh, <laughs> no, they if you can imagine like if in Bioshock you'll see people begging and they'll just put their hand up and they'll kind of like look at you sad. Yes. Whereas um when we sent those to uh we we got a a bunch back from China and it was people bowing with and, like shaking a can mm. like with their eyes downtrodden. I see. It just didn't look like what we would re- right, think of right. when we think of begging. Yeah. And just little things like that happen sometimes. I, I was exposed to a little bit of that when... Uh, so, between working on Minerva's Den, which was the Bioshock 2 DLC, and going to work at Irrational, I was on the XCOM shooter game um, at 2K Marine for like six weeks. Um, and... The Bureau? So I was, ex- was it that one? Was yes. It the Bureau? Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, the Bureau XCOM Declassified? That sounds right. Yeah. Um, or, or I think it might be a different word than declassified. Some other, whatever. But anyway, yes, it was that one. Um, and so I was, I was just sort of around it for like six weeks. And, um, uh, so I got exposed to some of the, the, the art outsource that they got. And it was the exact same kind of stuff you're talking about, Gwen, where they were like, okay, we have... So XCOM, that XCOM took place in like the 60s. It was kind of like a Mad Men kind of like era thing. And so it was like, we have our base and it has all these different facilities and one is a, a, a cafeteria. And so they sent, you know, to Art Outsource in China, they were like, we need a bunch of like, you know, tubs of like cafeteria tray food to like put in the line where people are getting food from. And they got the asset back, and it was just all photo-sourced uh, tubs of, like, chow mein and, and, like, Chinese food. And it was like, okay, maybe not in 1960s America. Let's try that again. Uh, and the, But the best one that I love the most was um, 
they were like, we need some dog food and cat food to be in the pantries in this house or whatever. And so they, they made a, they made a cat food can and then they like altered it to be a dog food can, but they only changed the pictures on it. So we got the dog food back and it was a can of dog food that had like a picture of a German shepherd on it. And then the tagline was just make them purr. (laughs) 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 It was one of my favorite assets I've ever seen in my life. Uh, so yeah, that stuff happens. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. This is this, globalization is happening though, and I think it's oh, happening yeah. to it's happening in every space. It's happening in the indie space too. Mm-hmm. Like I think um, a big thing we talk about for our next game is uh, how much of our team is internal and how much we use uh, contractors. Yeah. I mean, starting out like just people who are um, you know people we know yeah. that'll consult and contract short term, and then how much do we uh, once we have the art style established, how much can we lean on? Um, you know, uh, cheaper labor in China and other places. And should we go there? And it's a topic of conversation, right? Because it's just, it's so much cheaper once you have your art style established to to get assets from overseas. Well, and also the flip side of it being that, like, China especially is more and more becoming such a big market for Western games, you know? Like, I've just heard of, you know, I've talked to developers I know who don't even do games that you might like expect to just kind of like logically transfer over, but they're like, oh yeah, we, we got a Chinese translation and updated our Steam build with it, and now like 25% of our Steam income is from China and stuff like that. It's like, wow. you know, like, wow, okay, um, that's interesting. You know, so like thinking of like, not just where's the work coming from, but like, what audience are you bringing it to is like a very different picture than, you know, five years ago. Shit. Soon we'll be uh, editing assets that have Chinese on them. Right. (laughs) Yeah. We'll be the ones with making dogs. (laughs) Like soon it'll be the other way around for, uh, I don't know if Chris Slade even knows this, but uh, steam is technically still illegal in China. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. People have to kind of go around a small firewall to get it. Um, yeah, which doesn't, it's still huge, but it's, uh, technically not legal for people to have steam games. Cause the steam games don't go through the, um, whatever Chinese bureaucracy, yeah. uh, approves them and stuff. Yeah. It's a very different process to get your game officially released in China, like on like whatever the, their actual Chinese, uh, download platforms that are government approved and stuff like, uh, there's a bunch of stuff with like the Chinese government. Um, a lot of it's content related. And the most surprising one that I know of is um, you can't have anything that references like the undead. So like if you have like a walking skeleton or something in your game, you just have to change it to something else or it can't be released in China. Just crazy stuff like that. Big that problem in China. Skeletons yeah. just getting up, walking around. It's no joke yeah. for those guys. They're just like, <laughs> yeah, this is our everyday. And I know yeah. you think this is a fun fantasy escape, but for us, this is life, yeah. so get it out. The, if you had the skeleton problems we've got, you would. Yeah, you would be cutting this out as well. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, they made us. Uh, we don't have any undead in our game, but we did have like a in the very in the opening credits, like or in the the menu screen, there is a skeleton, yeah. and they had us replace the uh, specifically the skull with a white orb, <laughs> which is like how they censor things. Wow. They're just. 
They're like, we just can't see a skull, so just make it a white orb. And we're like, okay. <laughs> That's wild. I guess okay, now it's fine. Yeah. Did you make the orb glow or like, what, what did, did, did you? No, just. Just a, just a white, like a sticker over it. <laughs> like. Yeah, basically, it's like how in America we censor things by putting a black bar over yeah. it, right? They use a white orb. just like cover this no skulls what's underneath the skin on your face nothing there's nothing there <laughs> don't don't ask no like that's not a subject we like to discuss skeletons is, walking around yeah. us having nah. skeletons none of it i don't want to think about nah, it Nah, man like, oh, fair enough nice oh my god there's a lot of weird cultural stuff germany uh if when you release your game in germany if you have blood effects you change them green is that still right. a thing like, I always knew I that was a thing, so. like, 10, 15 years ago. But, like, is that still a thing now that you've had to do? I think it still is. I think you can also just disable the blood effects or oh, okay. turn them into dust puffs or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, mm. yeah, I do think so. Yeah, I think that you can't have any, like, dismemberment. And, yeah, you can't have, like, blood effects. I Jibs. Think. Though, of course, that's... But that's similarly, like, the mm. China thing that's, like true if you want to be officially released like on console in that region but you can just make your game available in germany on steam and people in germany can just buy it dude there's there's a lot of convenient stuff that steam does too like that just reminded me of like uh when you launch a game on steam it will automatically set the price for all the different regions which was really nice because like i i can't imagine pouring over an excel spreadsheet and trying to figure out like how many rupees? Right. Like, well, is and twenty it, USD or and whatever. It, and it's not even like a direct currency con. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Conversion. Conversion. Thing. Yeah, because yeah. like when Steam looks into it, they there's this um, there's this interesting uh, uh, economic shorthand that I learned about because of this kind of stuff where you know, direct conversion of currency isn't kind of enough to work with. Um, and there was this. Uh, test or rule or, or economic idea that was like the Big Mac test, which is like, how much does a Big Mac cost in a different region? And you can use that to judge basically how much a dollar is worth. So it's like a Big Mac in America is two ninety nine, but in Russia, it's the equivalent of like 49 cents. And so if you're selling the same product in America and Russia, it should be that percentage of your Maybe. your USD price. Like, I mean, it's a shorthand. It's like a, a rule of thumb, right? But yeah. it's totally. I think it's totally relevant to say, like, okay, yes, nineteen ninety nine USD is, you know, whatever ten thousand rupees. But also, um, your average meal, if you went out to eat, would be like a dollar ninety nine. You know, not like fourteen bucks or something. You know, and and purchasing power that people have basically being like something you have to research is an interesting part of that too i think that's a lot of what steam does with their auto pricing yeah it's cool that they do that i was about to jump on you because i'm like but the price of beef changes and then i realized like there's probably no beef in a big Mac. (laughs) yeah probably (laughs) i that's probably it's made of like sawdust or something beef like substances bones maybe (laughs) maybe that's where all the skeletons go in china (laughs) They're actually fading them back to the people. It's real dark. Well, again, you know, you got to get rid of them, right? If they're hassling you every single day. <laughs> but yeah, you got to be good something. Solution. I mean, just feed them to the living. Yeah, this take them down, grind them up. This might be why we have The Walking Dead in China. Yeah. 
we might have figured out like what it's like mad cow disease right yeah like you just feed the the zombies to the people and then they become zombies when they die it's like if <laughs> it, if one percent of them turn into zombies then it's like okay well what are we gonna do with this one percent grind them down dye the bones the color there's Big your Steve Gainer, I've got a narrative idea for your next game. <laughs> could be, it could be a good management here. game. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, you've got <laughs> these problems come out and you're like, what are we going to do with this undead? Like, because there's not many of them, but there's enough that it's a problem. And you could go from there. We should just add a management sim level, like, you know, layer to like Left 4 Dead. Where it's like that's where all these zombies are coming from. Fuck. Well, if we if we if we make more bone burgers, gonna have to get more people out there in their squads of four dealing yeah. with them. Gotta well, yeah. People like bone burgers now. They're, we never right. lied about it. It's not a conspiracy. It's like this yeah. is bones ground down <laughs> with flavors put in and moisture put in. So that's that, what so it that's is. What that, that's what that KFC. Uh, marketing campaign was all about i ate the bones it's because it's what the chicken is made of and it's great i've dude i have not seen this marketing not campaign and i'm really grossed out right now oh, i'm already eating gentlemen my, this is this is upsetting uh, there's, a dude that, there's an advert where kfc are like maybe eat the bones like like hey why uh, not i think no oh, it's no. literally uh, i think it's you are so gluttonous you eat the entire chicken and also the bones i like that um, being a tagline you are so well, gluttonous <laughs> here I, I just put it in the the slack chat but yeah there were like full-on like posters and banners <laughs> she's like oh that, oops yeah exactly. <laughs> i ate the bones silly me <laughs> for anyone that can't see this it's like a, a lady and she's got her hands over her mouth in a way and like looking to the looking to the person that's taking the photograph like off camera she's looking away as, as to communicate like oh silly me but it just says i ate the bones <laughs> and it's like, wow. this I can't be Zoe. like because i get what they're going for this is advertising boneless kfc so i get it right. they're like Wow, I must have eaten the bones. I was in such there a were no, rage. I ate this whole thing and there were no bones in it, yeah. so I must have eaten the bones. I yeah, ate the bones. Um, oh, there's more? They, there's, there's, were, another, there's another lady who's like, oh my god. She's got the classic Macaulay Culkin hands yeah. inside her face. And it's like, I ate the bones! But like, <laughs> it's more shocking with that thing. Well, the, like, oh the, god. They, they, on top of it all, there were TV commercials where the premise was that like, people ate kfc and there were no bones left and so they were actually like freaking out because they thought they had eaten the bones and they were like scared <laughs> they're like Trying to what vomit. is this like, <laughs> like make yourself sick <laughs> what this advertising campaign is is very effective because we're talking about it <laughs> like we spent more time talking about that than steam i mean they nah. they uh they got this idea because it was originally a, a chinese advertising mm. campaign for KFC yeah. China. It went over so well there. They're like, that's pretty good. It's, it's just you eat the eat the bones. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Like you do yeah, it. In like, reality, gotta do something with them. The food <laughs> is bones. bones. <laughs> what are we gonna do? We built so many houses out of bones and like I, we can't build any more houses. Like we gotta do something with these bones. I can't bury any more bones. We can't do anything with these bones. You eat them. You eat them. It's your problem now, people. <laughs> you gotta eat the bones. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's what's going on in China. That's what's going on with Steam. Yeah, that's this is this is games. This is a gaming podcast. Yeah. <laughs>
I'm gonna have to wrap this thing up, unfortunately. We'll get uh, we'll get Steve Gainer back again. Yeah, that sounds for good. For more shenanigans, sometime. Yeah. Sorry if I ruined your podcast. I feel like this was a real <laughs> weird one. <laughs> no, ruined they're it, they're all weird. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Well, thank you guys for having me on. Maybe part one of multiple if you if you want to have me back at some point in the future. But it's been good chatting with you guys. Oh my god, I think we'd love to have you back, Hell Steve yeah, Gainer. It's been a great. <laughs> cool. Uh. This has been Gwen Frey, Steve Gaynor, and Chris Slight, and you've been in the Dialogue Box.